Hey everyone, welcome to the Martin Sibley Show. Today we're going to be looking at one of the interviews from the last couple of weeks of the Daily Sib. And in particular, it's a very special guest because it's Liz Ransom Croker. And for those of you that don't know Liz, she's been the editor at Disability Horizon since 2011. And for anyone else that doesn't know, Disability Horizons is, of course, the magazine publication and the online community that I co-founded with my friend Shrin back in 2011. So we met Liz quite soon after the launch. And as I just said before, she's been the editor-in-chief ever since. Um, so very much co- you know, concentrating on what sort of articles and content are useful and entertaining to our disabled community and indeed to lots of non-disabled people that read our magazine as well actually Um, and also yeah looking at um, overseeing the volunteers that help to run this community initiative uh, looking at growing the reach and the impact that Disability Horizons has and um, Shrin and I really led more in the early days on the business model and looking at how we could monetize the site, whether we become a charity, whether we become a social enterprise, whether it's just a normal limited company. And uh, we'll touch upon some of the business model as well in our interview. But most of all, it's just a great opportunity to hear a bit more about Liz's background and really a bit more about the story of Disability Horizons because I think people, there's a lot of people reading the magazine, but maybe not all of them do know the backstory and the founding story and all the the great stuff that goes into making this magazine the success that it has become. So, yeah, I think you're going to really enjoy hearing more from Liz. We are connected. Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of The Daily Sib. I think, is it Tuesday, Liz? It is. Is it? Yeah, I think it is. Not me, though, I'm not sure. And um, I'm always very excited for the Daily Sibber guests and the interviewees and all the, the learnings and the sharings that are going on. But I'm very, very excited to have Liz back on the show. You you were on in the early days of the Daily Sib, right? Yeah, in the, in the kind of birthing of Daily Sib. Yeah, the birthing of Daily Sib. <laughs> yes, it wasn't as painful as it sounds. But <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, it was um, – and I guess there was – I was playing around with the format. It was only on YouTube and then sort of sharing the YouTube, whereas it's evolved that it's on five platforms with the comments and the the, the questions coming in. But I think it would be good because there will be people that maybe didn't see that YouTube version mm-hmm. to, to kick off a bit about you and a bit about Disability Horizons. And as always, we'll, we'll go on a, a magical mystery tour with it what weave around topics probably absolutely um i'm liz um i've been a journalist for uh 12 years just over 12 years um and i've been pretty much working with disabilities since the beginning of my kind of career um i've been the editor uh kind of commissioning articles and editing them but then also kind of trying to grow the audience trying to kind of reach more people and uh you know also our we have a lot of volunteers on the team which have helped us get to the point of where we are today and um, they've all been pretty much like me there from almost the beginning um and so uh, i do a lot of work with them as well 
nurturing kind of their careers and what they kind of want to do. Some of them would like to be journalists. Some of them, um, you know, want to do more writing, have more experience in kind of social media, etc. So it's a bit of a kind of combined role of, you know, the articles and uh, finding and featuring stuff that the audience is going to love, that they're going to find helpful, but then also kind of building our, our team and helping disabled talent, I suppose, is the yeah. best way to say it, nurturing people. And, and Disability Trials has always been about our community. So both our volunteers and our readers and our writers. And it's always been about, uh, you know, helping disabled people to live the life that they choose, whatever that might be. That could be they want to travel the world, not right now, um, but you know, and have a multi-million pound business, or it might be that they just want to be happy at home, have a lovely garden. That's yeah. what I want to do in my life, hence why I suggested that. Um, yeah. you know, whatever it is, but it's the yeah. life that they choose, and um, you know, there are a lot of barriers for disabled people. So we want to try and harness people's talent and their ability to just achieve what they want, whatever that kind of might be. Yeah, no, it's perfect. Perfect way to set the scene. Now, you mentioned journalism. I think mm. you studied journalism, didn't you, at uni? Well. No. This is Was the, it not journalism? No. This is the interesting thing. I've managed to be a journalist in quite good places. I worked at um, Witch Magazine, for anyone who knows that, for eight years. Uh, and I basically, I, so I did a, a media-related degree. It's called right. media writing. And we did sort of all sorts of stuff like writing for television, writing for stage, writing for magazine, um, writing fiction. But it wasn't journalism. Sure. So yeah. I um, didn't really know the journalistic world until I kind of just started doing some work experience. A little bit like um, some of our volunteers at Doctors with Horizons, I basically just got my name out there, found mm. someone who would to me um yeah. me because so i started out in sort of homes and interiors journalism found someone that would sort of have me for work experience there i just i, I want to say pestered people but not pestered people delicately just got my name out there really and tried yeah. to, it's the only way really yeah. yeah exactly it's it's kind of a lot of not just what you know who you know yeah. um and from there i kind of uh, built up my career as i say i started in interiors journalism and then I wanted to move into something a little bit more serious which is why I then went to Witch magazine and that's where I've learned a hell of a lot more extra badges to my honour as it were of kind of real proper um, you know hard cutting journalism and all the sort of stuff that you'd learn on a journalism degree yeah, yeah. and bits more about that so so yeah I'm, I'm, I've been in the industry for a long time but, but one of those people that doesn't actually have degree so well, that's and then very often the people's degree so often it's not like they go and do something completely yeah. different or, or whatever it might be because the reason I was presuming it was journalism at uni was and it is all a while ago but when we first met with Shrin and and you ended up you know becoming the editor on Disability Horizons you were looking to do something kind of similar in a an, an article magazine way for disability yeah. Um, and very much, I think you mentioned around your brother as well. Yes. Um, was that to do with the uni project at the beginning that you said? It was, yeah, yeah. Because so the dissertation for um, the, the kind of media writing degree was just to do so. I think it's twenty thousand words of anything. So again, it could be stage, it could be a magazine, it could be uh, anything. And I decided to go with a magazine, which at the time I envisaged existing, which yeah. then carried on to. Um, yeah. At that time it was print magazine I'd done, but that yeah. was basically in the kind of 
mould of what disability is. So something that was positive and not just kind of about campaigning, but just about lifestyle, living your life uh, yeah. and doing kind of what you, what you want to do. So, and that was really spurred on by my brother had um, quite severe cerebral palsy. And he was just such a cheerful person. He, he didn't have much communication, so he couldn't really speak. Um, but he was just still a very, very kind of sunny, positive person. And I kind of wanted that for more more disabled people really to you know the campaigning and, and that kind of side of stuff is really important you can't not yeah. have that unfortunately and that's certainly been uh more of it over the last sort of four or five years i think but, yeah. but you've got to have that other side as well you know people want to you know you've got to live your life and enjoy your life and while we're here so you need that kind of lifestyle side side of things along, alongside it yeah so it's all good to frame the the uni and the experience in journalism from your mm -hmm personal perspective and then I think you know there's an area to, to talk about around media sort of in general terms like you mentioned you were looking at print and then obviously with yeah. DH it's been very digital there's also the general any community or any audience that what their culture is and what and, that, and it's sort of how the two go together so when you were just talking about campaigning all three of us me you and Shrin we were very much like we don't want to go down that staunch political campaigning route. And I do remember like I was working at Scope and Disability Now was still thriving. Yeah. So there was also an element of not uh, reinventing the wheel or not duplicating as well. Um, yeah. Obviously as time's gone on, Disability Now is no more and yeah. has, has stopped and I think on a media in general level, there's been difficulty with the rise of the internet to yeah. have the sort of business model. And that's another thing that we're still battling with really yeah. on the horizon. So there's a few general kind of thoughts and areas that we're gonna get, get stuck into. Mm -hmm. But I guess the last thought and to get your thoughts on the campaigning side, I feel like we have become more campaigning, but, it almost in a style that we felt comfortable and can you expand a bit more on that yeah because it's it you know essentially like i say we wanted really to purely focus on kind of lifestyle stuff but i think particularly when um you know recession hit and we got conservative government i don't like to get political um yeah, but just like it, <laughs> yeah it happens that it just slowly from about five years ago it just things have been harder for disabled people it's definitely um in lots of different ways you know whether it's care whether it's their access to getting out to different things and there's just been less of a focus on the ability to do stuff that you kind of want to do that sort of life stuff. and there's just been more of a sense of um you know people still loving that kind of stuff wanting to do that sort of stuff but just so many more people not able to even try and do what they might like to do. So, you know, we, we've needed and wanted to kind of get involved in that because you can't ignore the, the bad stuff that's going on as much right. as you talk about and the good stuff and, and give a positive sort of vibe. You can't ignore that and we didn't want to ignore it. So, but we've I think what we've tried to do really is to kind of pick, pick our not battles, but pick our battles in the sense of there are still a lot of other publications that do also do that full campaign, you know, Scope, you mentioned. Yeah, in particular, yeah. Exactly. 
Um, so, you know, there wasn't necessarily a need for us to do all of those things, but if, mm. what we did was we kind of focused on things that almost were a bit more lifestyle. So yeah. uh, we did a, a digital panel, was it last year now? Um, time is going so yeah, I think it was year, we did a sort of digital panel and kind of campaign around um, air travel and what people's experiences were with getting assistance so it was campaigning it was talking about the, the problems that people experience with um, air travel but it was within a kind of lifestyle area and it was trying to sort of help get a little bit of change or momentum to, to enable people to get to that next point and actually do what they want to do do the, do the lifestyle stuff live their lives because I mean there's the people that live and breathe every day the the politics and not just of disability mm -hmm. but any kind of political change like they would argue and I, and I think I agree to an extent that the personal is the political so it's like the moment that I can't get on an aeroplane like you're talking about the panel being about flying yeah like in the end it's politics that can create the law or enforce the law yeah. that should enable me to be equal to get on the plane so I, I think there's there's always that you know equality and human rights side and the political side but yeah like the scopes yeah. and Baroness Jane Campbell and the that there's many others that are at the forefront I think for me it's like we we campaign on the lifestyle elements yeah. um, but also it's like bringing we always say giving a voice to yeah. disabled people yeah. so it, it's almost by having a survey and a digital panel and a even like a Twitter discussion, yeah. we're able to go to Scope or Baroness Campbell or whoever and be like the Disability Horizons community feel this is important. So yeah. I think you, you kind of learn where your strengths and weaknesses are. And we probably Absolutely. found that it's not bad if we don't do some stuff, but That's it's it. like connecting the dots with those other people. I think we've got better at that over time as well. Absolutely. And I think, you know, as I said at the beginning, we've been built on our community. And yeah. the real kind of um, brilliant thing and strength is that when we've done the sort of surveys, as well as the sort of stats and information, we get so much so many responses in terms of people that just want to sort of tell their story, want to explain uh, verbatim what, what experience they've kind of had. So yeah. it's really harnessing the power of our audience and, and the fact that they have a voice and everyone has a voice and it's being able to kind of get that across in a way that means it can add even more colour to, to uh, you know, something. You know, it's great, obviously, lots of publications, lots of different places do surveys and they have you know, a big stat is great in the media world. You know, 50% of people have had a horrific experience flying on a plane. Um, but the thing that adds the colour to it and really adds that human side of it is the real life stories that go alongside that. You know, what actually yeah. happened within that 50%, what were the actual stories and things that sort of went on rather than just the, the kind of number. Yeah, because it's not like every week or every month we're doing large-scale surveys of quality qual, quantitative <laughs> analysis I always get quantitative and qualitative confused but yeah like we're not constantly doing the number crunching as you say it's it's more that human experience and that human story which a the people that write and share their story feel empowered okay. and b the readers feel akin to it because they 
recognize themselves in that so yeah that, and then that that's taken us a while like in a way we've always done it yeah but I think we've learned over the time that we don't need to feel guilty or bad for not doing other things and that we do do this bit really really well absolutely yeah. and we've, we've, oh sorry go on no, no just to double down on it was what I was going to yeah. say yeah I was, I was just going to say that um we've, we've worked with Leonard Cheshire recently doing surveys as well and yeah. so they, they've been doing some kind of various bits of work with um, reading information requests and things like that. And then we've been helping to kind of just really add a full picture of everything yeah. that's going on by adding in that verbatim stuff, people's stories, the, the kind of um, audiences, its, its experiences. So mm. it's, you know, it's a good, I think a, a great story, I'm talking like a journalist, uh, a great story is one that actually has all of those elements. It has kind of the bigger picture stuff, but it also has, the real, you know, human experiences and things that people can relate to. Yeah, yeah. And so I think we've, you know, again, that bit more clarity forming over time, sort of break it down into three areas. There's like the, the content and the community side, there's growing how much that, you know, how much we reach people and impact yeah. their life. And the third part is sort of the, the business model. So I think we've, we've talked a lot about that first area, the sort of mm -hmm. the articles, the, the need for voluntary experiences that we've given in our team and sort of helping upskill and give real life work experience. Um, before we move on to growing and sort of that side, is there anything else you wanted to mention in terms of the articles and the community and any just anything in that area? I mean, only allowed that we, as I say, um, what, what is the phrase when you're flogging a dead horse? I keep saying about the community, we're built on the community and we've, you know, we've done, immensely well so far we have across our kind of social media channels we've got sort of 40,000 people you know we get 50,000 hits on the website a month so our community is incredibly strong we have so yeah. many kind of writers and people that that want to write for us or, or kind of volunteer and help out and as I say with the volunteers we've had ones that have been on our books kind of since the beginning like like me like you that have all just done it for a passion you know we we believe in disability horizons and a lot of it has been voluntary because we just believe in it so um and but we want more basically in yeah. in kind of growing us uh we look at the numbers right the, the numbers of disabled people in the uk is only 14 million so yeah. as proud and amazing we are with forty thousand social media fifty thousand website yeah there's a lot more people still need support right exactly, exactly. so i i'm kind of going through a bit of a process of at the moment just trying to build our list out as much as possible and looking always um you know as you mentioned the internet how that's kind of in the career of my journalism seeing how much the internet has gone from a little thing to completely exploded and layered on top of that social media and, and videos videos uh, and you know yeah. Instagrammers and, and all that kind of thing so as well as you know a lot of bloggers and writers that we've got on our books I'd really like uh, more you know people that do videos people that, that are actually yeah. don't necessarily have a blog but they share on their Instagram um, and so I think we want to kind of look at doing more around that doing more with a different variety of people really and yeah, um, uh, yeah what was I going to say my memory is terrible so yeah. many so many bits to cover I know. Right. No, I think the point you just made there with someone that sorry I was gonna say the point about the, the 
changes has been really hard. It's like, you know, again, this isn't about disability and media. It's just general media. It's been so fast paced that you just about catch up with like, you know, so there were Facebook groups became really big. Yeah. And so we sort of, okay, that's happening. And we learned about it and we then started yeah. to offer it. And our DH tribe, the Horizons tribe's got, I think coming up to 2000 members in a Facebook yeah. group. And that's been a, a rich way of taking the articles and then having mm-hmm. not just discussions about the articles, but like general, someone's got a problem with their wheelchair or going on holiday and that's the community nice. can answer that. Yeah. And no sooner have you kind of jumped on that bandwagon that there's another yeah. like Instagram's on fire now, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, and you know, with coronavirus, that's definitely been a bigger thing um, as well, which yeah, it's great. It's wonderful that actually, gosh, what would have happened, you know, with all of this if we didn't have Instagram and social media yeah. and the ability to kind of stay in contact with all the people that you can't kind of physically see at the moment. And, you know, I think something that's come out of coronavirus, I hope, um, one positive thing, is that actually there's a lot of several people who have used Instagram, used YouTube, have used social media channels their whole lives you know that's mm. kind of been their way of communicating because they might be in a position for whatever reason that they actually can't get out physically as much as they would have liked to or you know they're slightly limited in certain ways so social media has been such an amazing powerful tool and it's great that that's um kind of become more to the fore and people have maybe hopefully realized that uh, actually you know some disabled people have lived in a sort of lockdown situation. Mm. Or that's just their kind of life. But that social media is such a powerful tool. And, you know, I think in saying about sort of with our writers and our kind of volunteers, something that although with a lot of them we can't, you know, pay them anything, but what we can give them is experience. And, you know, some that sort of when they've started, you know, maybe never really written before, not really done much on social media, but see that that's something that they would really like to do and you know as we've seen more more and more sort of uh, influencers which is a nice way to tap everyone all those different types of things together you know making a massive massive impact and a lot of what they're doing is just sharing their life yourself Mm -hmm. included Mm -hmm. so um you know anyone that's kind of people that i would love to um come and kind of join us on our, our platform because we want to help them grow their audience and grow their career and get to kind of where they want to be and then you know we can also offer them a wider and, and different audience and experience because uh, as I say myself having been a journalist for, for more than 12 years you've got experience in you know marketing and different things um, and so we can we can also offer you know training courses or just mentoring advice mm. so um, yeah yeah it's great because you mentioned corona yeah. I think that that's probably oh, worth going yeah. a little bit yeah, it's hard not to at the moment, yeah. isn't it? Right, but um, yeah, I think I think like it'd be great to talk a bit more about what you've been working on in light of Corona in terms of articles because you've been really busy trying to keep up with the fast moving <laughs> to get like trends in media. It, it's been a lot happening with Corona, right? A hell of a lot. I mean, I I so I I left my job. Uh, which go freelance and do you know dedicate more time to the horizons and it was literally as coronavirus hit mm. so I went straight from uh, a brilliant but full-on job at which to then quickly 
we need to write loads of stuff about coronavirus. But we, again, we've kind of wanted, because there is so much about it. And, uh, you know, like we said at the beginning, you've got to, um, with, it, with anyone, people, publications, you've got to pick your strength and you've got to pick what your USP is. And ours is really about disabled people and, um, you know, the lifestyle element, of this, as we've said. So there's no point in us going crazy and doing every single article about everything that's happening with Corona because yeah. everyone else is doing that. And there's so much noise and an overwhelming amount of noise, I think, for a hell of a lot of people. Yeah, so definitely. we kind of quite quickly decided, well, let's focus in on what's important. Let's focus in on doing stuff about, you know, how to kind of, maintain your mental well-being, your physical well-being, um, you know, acts of kindness or enjoyable things that are going on at the moment so that you don't kind of miss all of that positive stuff. Um, and then we have also done some kind of in-depth advice pieces on, you know, if you use carers, if you use PAs, um, you know, how do you kind of keep safe and keep healthy with, with still having someone kind of coming into your house? Uh, so we've kind of tried to get a balance between what we kind of focus on uh, and then also uh, still covering stuff in the kind of advice but also lifestyle way. And that's probably an important distinction almost back to what we said about not really campaigning but you know so there was the element of keeping positive and you know things to do at home and making it yeah. that light-hearted entertainment that people in general and disabled people being our main audience you know need um you know during crisis and tough times but then that that advice and information is probably something that has been an area that we've found we still do 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 um, yeah, yeah. It, it's a balance for us like corona aside we probably do kind of half half uh, advice and sort of entertainment stuff and you know the advice doesn't ne isn't necessarily a sort of straightforward how-to or kind of um bullet points on how to do something it might be that it's someone's personal story about uh you know how they built their own business or so it's kind of advice through the eyes of someone else again in that kind of personal human relatable way mm. um so we corona and non-corona we've kind of done a balance of those advice pieces and the kind of lifestyle fun stuff that you, yeah. you need balance in life i think um yeah. you, need, you need there's there's you know everyone has a need everyone has practical information that they kind of need to know about but mm. everyone also wants to just have a bit of fun and yeah. something to kind of keep them entertained and there was quite a lot i've seen on the articles you've been publishing and editing and everything that like virtual tourism for example sort of innovative ways of the world being able to do stuff while in lockdown okay. but obviously the double benefit I suppose of, of for disabled people that can maybe never really get for different reasons to certain places but what, any other things that you've seen come out in the sort of the positive or the entertainment side as a result of corona? I mean I would say because chatting to one of our writers actually about doing a bit of a survey to kind of ask our audience what they feel are the kind of best things to come out of corona I think though this is an entertainment place I think work is a big, big factor of it. You yeah, know, there's definitely. so many so myself included, um, I, I have a heart condition and I, you know, love my job in London uh, at which, but it was so exhausting and I just had got to the point where I had to, for me, working from home just makes work life balance so much better because I'm not exhausted all the time. Mm. And there's so many people who are 
fantastic at what they do and they have great skills in whatever kind of area that is and businesses are missing out on them because they need to work from home and that business might not see working from home as a kind of viable thing so you know I, I think that all of this hopefully a lot more businesses will understand that working from home is not a terrible thing <laughs> it's yeah. fine and it people are still uh, affected yeah. working well mm. um and yeah so work side i think and yeah the entertainment side there, there are a lot more virtual tours of all sorts of different areas it might be sort of natural um wonders or it might be museums or it might be theater shows and i really hope that might continue uh for certain people who just physically couldn't yeah. get there i mean first and foremost if the reason they can't get there is because a building is not accessible and it can be made accessible. Yeah, that should still happen, yeah. Absolutely, but um, where it can't, for whatever reason, mm. well, why can't there be a way that disabled people could, or, or people with chronic illnesses, you know, that kind of big raft of, of different areas, you know, why can't they watch a show and pay to just see it from their home? Because that's how they'll be able to do it and they'll be able to still give the, the theatre you know money it just would be in a sort of different way so again it's that I think as an overarching thing corona's made lots of people think in different ways and I've seen so many different things that have sort of changed slightly or different innovative ways there's been a lot more webinars and virtual events that have happened virtually uh that would have happened you know in the real world in the, in the live world but um you know, I think it, it gets people thinking more innovatively and thinking in different ways. And effectively, that's what disabled people have to do their whole lives is think about they can do something, but they just might need to do it slightly differently. So yeah. it's looking at things in a different way. So yeah. I think across more of that happens. Very yeah. Well. yeah, I mean, I, I like, you know, summer, spring, summer, maybe autumn, you know, going to London for a day for football or theatre is great. And like, to your point, it should all be accessible yeah. but particularly winter mm. you know I'm more I've just not got the energy and the health is not as good but the way I can sit at home and watch a football match which already happens yeah. you know it'd be great to pay five ten quid and watch something of the theatre or whatever or concert and it's not the same but it's better than nothing. I think that's exactly. the Absolutely. And, you know, from a business point of view, I, I, I get that a business wouldn't want to just kind of freely offer, you know, a theatre show or whatever it might be. But, you know, if it's an option of a disabled person maybe paying less or whatever it is, or not coming at all and not, you know, supporting, uh, promoting it, because if you're watching it, you're probably tweeting about it and saying how brilliant mm. it is. You know, so missing out on that completely, what's what's... That doesn't make any sense. So, I, I yeah, I really hope people do businesses do kind of try and use a lot of what's come out of this to go yeah. forward and kind of think about that. Uh, but it's going to be places like us and all disabled people just keep mentioning that and mm. keep kind of the momentum up of saying this yeah. has actually been uh, a really good eye opener for a lot of people. So keep your eyes open. Yeah, agree. Just those pictures of yourself doing that basically <laughs> that so i'm going to go to a couple of um comments coming in we've got mark saying hello both hello. mark from access rating good to see you uh john saying hello to hello. hello and gavin there is enough negative in the newspapers it's great to have a refuge Aww. from it to 
what Thank we were talking you. about before. So no specific comments, but nice to just uh, go get from the audience what's coming in. And if anyone's got any questions for Liz, you know, get them in and we'll, we'll try and answer as many as we can. Um, so yeah, I mean, we sort of talked about that, those three areas of like the content, growing the community and the business model. I mean, they obviously are very interconnected and overlapping yeah. in different ways, but we've spent, and, and really the, the core of DH is the content. It is an online magazine is what we've always called it really, isn't it? Yeah. It's yeah. disabilityhorizons.com. It's where all of the different subjects, different articles are um, and sort of already, I think we said earlier, but yeah, people can subscribe to the newsletter by yeah. going on the website. There's a couple of different areas on there to just put your email and you get is it a weekly newsletter at the moment newsletter. it's basically the best from disability horizons effectively curated so, yes it's the yeah. creme de la creme of disability Ooh. horizons and yeah. then we've also got uh we might have uh, links to the shops so we, we started a shop at the beginning of this year we've been kind of building our uh product base on there uh since since that time uh we're kind of trying to look at practical and stylish stuff there's so many uh, disability products there's a lot of so people watching this will know they're just really ugly uh, and so we, we kind of wanted to work with companies that we've we've known for a long time many of the companies we've known for a long time so they're kind of reputable suppliers based in the UK uh, selling kind of stylish but practical sort of stuff so we're using newsletter as well to kind of feature a few of those products at the moment it's PPE because we've been able to Amazingly, because obviously PPE has been really tough. Back to Corona, I've realised we can't avoid it at the moment. Um, it's been so hard for a lot of people. We've had a lot of people not able to get hold of PPE, and we've, we've managed to get some. So if anyone needs any, do go go to our shop, uh, which yeah. is just shop dot disabilityhorizons.com, um, and we have some there. But that some of that kind of new products and stuff goes in the newsletter as well. So it's the kind mm -hmm. of like I say, the best of everything. Yeah, perfect. And we'll we'll come back to the shop in a minute when we talk about the business part of the triangle, but with, yeah. with the community. So like you've mentioned social media and, and the newsletter. Mm -hmm. um, I know we've been talking about like the newsletter has been updated and revamped a lot and you're going to do a little bit yeah. more, but we are going to start sort of using that as a bit of a easy way to engage in a community way of the to get the latest updates and obviously people can still go to the website and look at what nine years of of uh articles it's 2011 wasn't it we launched yeah yeah nine years so yeah so yeah people can still do all of that as well and and still come to the tribe facebook group as well but yeah. it might be a way that people that weren't quite sure how to get their teeth into it um yeah. the newsletter is a good way to start i would say absolutely um, so that does that, but you've done a lot of background learning and knowledge and action on SEO. Could you just talk a little bit more about that? So I slightly live and breathe SEO. <laughs> when just I, to clarify when what I, it is for anyone um, that doesn't know what SEO is. Oh just, yeah, I need to mention that. So SEO stands for search engine optimization, and it's basically anything that you do to um, an article or even actually YouTube videos and kind of anything online, you uh, can do various things to it that mean it will get up in Google effectively. So people so can someone searches it. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, there other search engines are available. Sure. <laughs> but Just no one uses them. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, 
like I said, there's lots of kind of different things that layer in and go towards sort of search engine optimization. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of my uh, career, I was kind of mostly in print, but I think probably about two or three years into it, so we're talking like nine, ten years ago now, I just realised the internet was going to be quite a big thing, probably. So I went back to, because I was, I was in paid work at the time, but I went back to doing some sort of uh, training on and work experience on paid work to get um to get understanding really of how online worked and at that time I didn't really know anything um so since then I just um loved it I don't know why I love creating a story but I also love that kind of more analytical side behind it it's also a good way of knowing what people are looking for is it like as much as like on the marketing side it's how our website gets more hits than other similar websites in a kind of businessy way but actually it's like what do people care about absolutely and we so throughout our time but particularly in the last kind of six months or so I've really focused on what do we kind of want to achieve with articles in the next year and a lot of that as you say is based either on the SEO so there's various tools on on the web that you can use to kind of find out what are the phrases or what are the keywords or the questions even that people are most searching for and therefore that gives us a really good indication of well if you're interested in this topic so let's do an article on it Um, and some of that can even give you a a sort of tilt towards not just the topic area but exactly what kind of article you might want to create but then what what is good to do is pair it with what we know our audience like so you know based on all the articles that we've, we've done before and what things are popular um, but also, you know, from from listening to our audience, we've, we've got you mentioned our closed Facebook group of, sort of nearly um, 2000 people. And, uh, you know, that's a really good tool as well to sort of understand what our audience are worried about or thinking about or kind of questioning and need advice on or as well, just what they'd like some entertainment on or some kind of inspiration on. So yeah. SEO is a fantastic tool, um, but it's also great to know your audience as well yeah. and understand that kind of layering of it together yeah and I think that's yeah. been how we've managed to get our numbers to where they are because it's you know, there's a lot of um SEO terms that uh, are very difficult for us to kind of work with so um, an example is a lot of people search for disabled holidays mm. but our, you know our audience is it's a bit clunky it's not great to say disabled holidays want accessible holiday or, mm. or something like that so there's a, there's quite difficult in some ways in the sort of disability world of, of knowing which um, phrases to go for and, and, and how to sort of mm. make sure people find you because you also want those people who have, might have typed in something that's not quite right to actually find you and realise, oh, there's a different way to say it or there's a different yeah, way it's to Yeah, help teach, well, not teach, but for people to learn anyway. Yeah. And, and a massive part of our uh, sort of the way that I say that we kind of help disabled people is a directly helping disabled people but also educating society you know i think uh, an arm of our audience that we're getting for website is people that maybe didn't really know anything about disability or or have heard something about you know a phrase or whatever it might be Mm. um actually one of our articles is uh, that's, that's done really well is an interview with lucy martin so she's a weather presenter and a BBC weather presenter so she's been on TV quite regularly so I think a lot of people sort of think oh who is this lady who's who's disabled looked her up and they learn more about 
her and her background and you know what she's achieved so and then maybe read other articles on horizons exactly. as well yeah exactly and hopefully hopefully it's just helps if they have typed using the example again disabled holidays but they found an article about let's say it was about you who've gone traveling you know um is it spain you went and did volunteering for a few yeah a few months yeah, yeah they might have never thought that sort of thing was possible well, so possibly, suddenly from yeah. kind of narrow view they've realized oh mm. okay so it's a delicate balance between the two but it's so far it's working quite well but we've got yeah. more, there's always more to do and when you said about disabled holidays i remember we did an article that had that sort of thing as the title mm. because we were trying to hit the SEO yeah. and someone that was more from that kind of campaigning activist side that we were always a bit wary of. I was um, in Italy. I'd driven like 12 hours in a day from Spain to this place in Italy and I'd arrived and we're getting settled in the hotel and it wasn't hate mail, but it was like a very angry person that yeah. would use disabled holidays not accessible holidays yeah, yeah. but you've just explained really articulately that for the many many others in the world that don't know all about disability at all yeah. it's better to bring them into the, yeah. the community and then we all learn together than to be perfectly with the title but mm. have no readers you know exactly exactly and it's such a trade-off and it is a trade-off yeah only where I've worked um you know SEO where, where SEO is really important there's always that balance of editorial you know you can't kind of go you know with again using that example today's holidays we wouldn't then have the whole rest of the article just kept using disabled holidays you know we then bring in that stuff uh, to balance it out and, and educate people that it's you know excessive holidays and look mm. what can happen so yeah it's it's a trade-off and and if we don't get people to actually see the articles then we can't educate them in the first place so yeah yeah definitely um, cool we, we won't labor too long in the business side but i think the first thing obviously for anyone watching is that it was more that shrin and i were sort of in the the business development side and you've very much been in that the two areas that we've been talking and very very particularly the the content and the the sort of volunteers and the team but it, I think it's helpful for people that are getting this sort of bigger picture look at disability horizons because you know we were so busy doing all the individual bits it's hard yeah. to actually be able to just almost share what happened and the learnings and and hopefully inspire others watching to to start their own blogs and do their own yeah media platforms as well and as you said earlier you know we're working with bloggers and influencers because we can now you know get them in front of our big audience Absolutely. but it's a win-win because we get more great content for our audience um, but on that business side I mean it's a fair well generally with a media platform advertising is the known way of having a business model and we do have sponsors and and partners and so if anyone particularly on linkedin's watching and they would like to promote their product or service or brand like get in touch with me or liz and we you know we'll be able to help there um i think in a way the the way purple goat evolved out of disability horizons is because there's the mainstream brands don't understand that disability is a big marketplace yeah. and a lot of the disability brands are taking a while to catch up with the new digital marketing world yeah. and so we're, a bit, we're quite early to the well we've been early to
to the party on both fronts. But yeah. now we're seeing, you know, on both fronts, people are quite interested and engaging. Yeah. So, yeah. again, to clear up any confusion, Purple Goat is a digital marketing agency that can do strategy, creative, different media. Disability Horizons is a media platform where it has its own articles and its own reach and the two very much work together because yeah. you you know purple goat will bring in business and horizons will help deliver on it etc etc but i think what i also wanted to say was even though horizons in its own right hasn't yet and it will i'm sure it will but it hasn't yet become a sort of bigger business it's always been much more um, runoff volunteers and, and community and that's where we are today it has been a place of ideation and um, incubation of businesses. So yeah. Accommable was sort of spawned from Disability Horizons. Purple Goat was spawned from Disability Horizon. Yeah. Is, is spawned the right word to use? Go with it. Yeah, we know what I mean, right? Yeah. And the shop, which was sort of coming back to what you said before, is an, and it's always just how do we bring in revenue mm -hmm. to fund the, the the core team to get more paid opportunities for the writers like that's the big aim it's not some arbitrary we want to make millions it's just about paying the team paying the writers and that's the kind of where we're aiming for um and i think you know, we've, we've tried education products with accessible areas we've had newsletter subscriptions so yeah. It's been a hotbed of innovation yeah. over the years. Accommable so sold to Airbnb. Yeah. is working with tier one brands. So yeah. I think it's good to give Horizons that hat tip and that acknowledgement that even if in its own right, it's still more of that community place, it's created really successful businesses as well. Absolutely. And I think we've sort of said before that in some ways, Disability Horizons is a faceless influence in a lot of ways. Yeah, really. absolutely. We've, we've become um, a place that actually people do listen to. And again, like whether it's someone that just finds us through searching or whether it's, you know, someone that's actually seen us on social media or seen kind of something going on, we are um, able to sort of put out messages and put out ideas and put out um, inspiration is a word. I know some people don't like it, but, you know, inspiration, whether that's for other disabled people or yeah. whether that's for people that don't, know much about disability um but something I, I was just going to say about um it's quite interesting i know over the years i think people have very much thought that we're rolling in it and we're making lots of money and you know literally it's blood sweat and tears passion really yeah. you know yeah. as all of our volunteers have been with us nearly as long as you know we have since the beginning and you know us there's many many years where we've just done stuff in our spare time yeah. because we just have the passion of knowing that we want uh, the community. We, we could see what the community was going to become and amazingly it has. And uh, we just want to keep it going. We know that it is beneficial for a lot of people, uh, both within the community, but outside as well. Um, Nadex is a good example. Every time we go there, we meet new people that hadn't met us or known about us before. And yeah. it, it was such a positive reaction and sort of like, oh, I wish I'd kind of known about this. So. You know, we, we've always wanted to just try and find a way that we can at least allow, you know, us and some of our writers to have disability horizons and the work that we do just mm. to be able to pay our bills and, and you know, be able to sustain it because, unfortunately, we all have 
mortgages or rent or whatever it is and eventually um you know we're not going to be able to give all of our time forever for nothing so yeah. you know I, I think it's really interesting that a lot of people thought actually that we're you know rolling it or whatever and actually it's 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 passion and love but we we really want to keep the community going and we definitely don't want to um not give our time to it so yeah it's it's yeah yeah no well said and I, and I think you know that I mean I've, I've got a call um at half one so a bit of lunch after this and I've got this very interesting call with it's someone that helped um found or invested in lad bible nothing to do with disability yeah. but it's through a mentorship when we did the future 20 um yeah. yeah work that the work we do with the future 20 we've been connected with different sort of mentors and coaches so this guy i'm chatting to at half one is to try and get some more thoughts and advice on how does a media company be financially sustainable mm -hmm. but i do think that for for horizons we've just always battled that image that disability means charity and i think that's where it's been a real trickier one than if it was a a media platform just for football or just for any other kind of topic that would have definitely been easier to have that financial sustainability but yeah like we do it because we believe in it and we're passionate and you know we'll, we'll keep dh running with or without the, the business model but um just before we start to wrap up could you say a bit more about the shop yeah so we decided to launch shop end of last year but officially kind of beginning of this year and like i say you know we're just so aware that there's a lot of products that are really useful but very very ugly and you know there's a lot of stuff on like amazon that's kind of not you don't quite know who the seller is where is it from is it going to be quite what you think it is and especially if you know if you might be in a position that you don't have loads of money you don't want to waste your money on something that's not going to actually work or, or be kind of helpful so uh, we work with duncan who's um an inventor himself with his wife um of a wheelchair lap tray and bag um look that up travis sack if anyone wants to look that up um so we've kind of partnered with him and uh we've built up got about more than 140 products with a number of different suppliers who are people that we've worked with for many, many years, either us or Duncan has. So we know them, they're reputable. A lot of them manufacture and do everything in the UK. And uh, a lot of their products are practical and will work, but they're also stylish. Um, so we, um, hopefully, people can kind of find stuff that's really, really useful for them. But we also want to kind of encourage a disabled entrepreneurs, so as well as I was spoken about through the kind of community with writers and, and bloggers. We also really really want to help out new disabled entrepreneurs that are, you know, either they've got an idea and they still haven't quite developed it or they've got a product that they're not kind of quite sure where to go with it. Um, you know, do get in touch because we want to kind of build that side of the website up more and help sort of nurture and advise um, entrepreneurs in different ways. So if, if you email shop at Disability Horizons, if any entrepreneurs want to get in touch and Kind of get a bit of advice or find out how to be on the shop um or obviously visit the shop yourself it's just shop.disfinityrifons.com brilliant well i told you time was going to fly didn't i we're almost yeah, at I one we've had to talk for about like 10 minutes and yeah uh, no it's been really interesting obviously people have got to learn a bit more about your background to to sort of understand the full details of what dh is as a magazine and and the way that it supports the community beyond the articles, but with volunteering and sort of like talent, nurturing talent. 
Um, I think that the growth side is something that, you know, there's some new ideas that hopefully will help us reach more people. And obviously, everyone, please come and subscribe to the, the newsletter if you're watching on disabilityhorizons.com. And, um, yeah, the, the business model has been an interesting one over the years. And we've definitely, you know, trial and error. Yeah. Um, but I think the shop's exciting because it plays into our strength about nurturing disabled talent, but also the trust for the consumer about the products that, that are being sold and curated on our shop as well. So, yeah, we, we certainly touched a lot. Absolutely. Was there anything else you wanted to mention before we wrap up? Just as a final point, really, as, we, as I was kind of saying in the beginning about sort of bloggers and, and influencers, you know, we, we would love to kind of work with more people. So if anyone is interested, whether it's kind of writing opportunities, so you mentioned Purple Goat, we, as we're also kind of working in that sphere. So, you know, as I said, a lot of people are developing their career now through, you know, working from home, being an influencer. So if anyone wants kind of advice on how to do that or, you know, they just want to get involved in some way, we can we can help them to kind of build their career, build out their audience and hopefully possibly get some paid work as well or, or extra kind of experience. So email me. It's just Liz at disabilityhorizons.com um, or get in touch, you know, follow us on, on Facebook and Twitter. You can also get in touch that way. Um, but yeah, join us and the other thing I was going to say is I'm actually working on a project at the moment to try and build the profiles that we have on our website for our writers so at the moment every article that's written by someone is very clear where it's from links to their social media so great for that person's SEO talking about SEO again um, but I'm looking to actually get proper profiles for all of our writers um, so that they have a you know proper kind of page on the website and then all of the articles that they might have written for us so Watch this space for more stuff. And I brought Gavin's question up about if a person yeah. has a good story, who would they contact? I think you've covered that among yeah. what you said, but I just wanted to bring up that Gavin asked that as well. Cool. Well, um, yeah, perfect timing. Really good yeah. to chat. Like we always have very sort of um not it's never businessy in like a negative way, but you know, there's always so much to do and it's very kind of what's the to-do list, how are we getting on and which is great on the day-to-day -day team stuff. But it's been nice to actually kind of look at the big picture. And um, I think people watching will have learned quite a lot about DH that maybe they didn't realise before. So, yeah, really good to chat, Liz. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you very much. And I look forward to just working with more people. So do, do get in touch. Brilliant. Well, yeah, you've heard it, guys. If you want to write a story or get involved with volunteering, I won't recap all of it, but all the stuff <laughs> we've been talking about, yeah, and get in touch. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I, I definitely did. And um, yeah, we'll be back tomorrow for the next episode. So have a lovely Tuesday in the meantime. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.